You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Ah, no, no, no. Don't kill the bird, Mickey. If you ever want to see the parrot again alive... You have to pass my infrastructure bill. It sounds like the Hell. parrot is, is saying those things under coercion, Mickey. That doesn't doesn't sound like a a parrot with agency. It sounds like a parrot with a knife at its throat. Well, well, this is Joe Biden's negotiating tactic, Bob. And is the parrot? Well, is the, I get it. I get it. Okay. So is the parrot Republicans or is the parrot Joe Manchin? Or? The parrot is the parrot is the infrastructure deal that Biden allegedly just negotiated. And then two hours after he congratulated everybody on reaching this deal, he said, oh, by the way, I'm not going to sign the de- this deal un- unless you also give me this other deal that I want that you don't want. So, Mickey, we were just uh, disconnected uh, by a person I won't name while we were recording our priceless and truly spontaneous banter slash repartee. And I think we had I had gotten in the question of, like, what does the parrot represent in your uh, visual allegory? Yes, the parrot represents represents, uh, the infrastructure package, which Biden just negotiated. uh, And, uh, you know, he had a he had a appearance where he said, this is great. This shows what America can do. Consensus, blah, blah, blah. And then two hours later, he said, oh, by the way, I'm not signing this unless you give me this other huge bill that you don't want that I want. So what did, what was this negotiation? Uh, he basically issued a, a, a veto threat. He said he wasn't going to sign it unless he got the other bill. And Pelosi said she's not going to consider uh, it until they have already passed the other bill. So as, as we talk, this is uh, in the process of falling apart. Uh, in, by the time we do you finish, think that it, could it be news are... about this on your phone? Is there any chance that there's it's a news flag? No. Oh. Uh, um, it uh, could be falling apart, but here's my question: Why? I mean, Biden's not a fool, right? I mean, one theory is that this is all part of the plan. They wanted to get the Republicans to support it and then desert. Have you heard that theory? Um. No, but that's the way it's working out in the press, of course. The press is about to say the Republicans bail, when in fact it's pretty clear to me that the the Democrats have provoked them. Well, it depends on what you consider provocation. Um, well, did, the, did, the, the, keep in mind that the progressives never like this deal. The, the basic grounding is the progressives don't like this deal because, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's, uh, it basically gives all the moderates who might want to not vote for their big uh soft infrastructure bill, which is, you know, daycare and community college. and Which um, Biden is saying he has to get through reconciliation right, right. or he won't sign the hard right, infrastructure right. roads but and bridges the, bill. Right. But if the moderates have in hand the bipartisan hard bill, that at least gives them something to run on. They could say, well, so we tank this uh, this soft right. bill. We at least have the hard bill. Pelosi wants them to say, if you don't vote with me on the soft bill, you have nothing. So, so this puts de- pressure on Manchin, the mansions of the world, 
Notably not, Manchin himself. Not not just the Manchins. In, in, Pelosi has a margin of four in the House. He's got a lot of moderates in the House that probably might not go along with a massive dole to non-workers, okay? If she has five of them, then she's in deep trouble. So mm-hmm. she wants to confront them with, if you tank this bill, you will go back and tell your constituents uh, at, re- at election time, uh, you accomplished nothing. You passed nothing, Okay. And, uh, you know, they don't want that. So they would rather have, have this, this hard infrastructure bill in hand. So the, the progressives want it to be all one big bill. For, they always have. And, and they succeeded in taking it by getting Biden to go out and make a veto threat. I mean, Biden showed he looks incredibly weak. He showed he could stand up to the left for two hours. Okay. Uh, and then it was too much for him and he came. So, uh, I don't know. The, the press is obviously going to spin it the other way, but that's what it looks like to me. Well, you're assuming that he didn't know he was going to do this in advance. Are you so sure? I mean, it, uh, it does seem surprising that, that he would, uh, that he would agree to the deal and without having cleared it with Pelosi. So you're saying he didn't clear this with Pelosi. So, so in other words, let me be clear. By this, I mean this deal where they get up, uh, you know, a kind of a modest, hard infrastructure bill that these moderate Republican support, so they can pass that in a bipartisan way, and then the plan is to to go get the soft infrastructure through reconciliation, you know, human infrastructure, they call it, through reconciliation with Democrats only. And you're saying he didn't clear this plan with Pelosi, and it was only after he announced the deal that she said, oh, by the way, Joe... I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm only with you if you guarantee that you will veto the hard infrastructure unless you also get the reconciliation, yeah. soft infrastructure. Yeah. That seems weird that they would not have discussed this. It seems implausible and incompetent, but that's what it looks like. On it's the not- other hand, the, a point in your favor is at the end of the first press conference, he said, and I'll be back to speak with you shortly. Yeah. So he obviously was planning a second press conference. All along, so that would that would go with your conspiracy theory, which I—that's not a conspiracy theory. It's sort of the obvious competence theory that it was a state. Well, somebody uh, has written state, it. This all this all appended guy. What's that? It, it was sort of like an ambush, a stage stage double cross. Well, did you see this all appended piece about no, this? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, no, that that's his theory. I, he, he he's saying, look. uh you know, it, 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 it's totally great for them if the Republicans now abandon this and he's in a position to push through the whole big enchilada, the two things combined through reconciliation. Now, I don't understand exactly how doing this ensures that he can now uh, get the bill combi- in combined form through with, de- with Democrats only. But that's that's the kabuki theory. Well, obvi- obviously... Pelosi isn't confident in her ability to pass the soft part, the the liberal welfare state part by itself, because otherwise she wouldn't want to also mix in the hard part. Right. Mm -hmm. So so that implies some weakness in her position, A. And B, remember, it's not a question of just passing or not passing. It's a question of what you pass. In other words, suppose they pass a big soft infrastructure package, but they cut out the payments to non-workers and just go back to the. The increasing the payments to, to, to workers. Okay. Uh, tax payments to workers. That, that's a huge difference between those two bills. I'm, I'm happy with the second bill. I hate the first bill. Okay. A lot of, you know, you, you could have, and you could call them both soft infrastructure and you can, 
mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 so it's a negotiation over what the bill would look like and what they throw overboard and what they don't throw overboard. And this strengthens Pelosi's hand that makes to sense. get to get the things that she really wants that are, of course, the most controversial things, or else they wouldn't be so important. Uh, so, um, uh, it, 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 it actually is a pretty smart strategy, except I can't believe the Republicans are completely unable to fight back and the public likes bipartisanship. So, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't. Now, here, here's my question. Did he, if, if the goal is to put pressure on these moderates as they negotiate the soft and the human infrastructure bill, uh, did they have to make the threat publicly to make that credible? Could they not have just, they couldn't have just said to Joe Manchin and a few people in the house, look, I'm not going to sign the one you want unless you give us what we want on, on human infrastructure. Uh, or is the thinking that he had to make the threat publicly to make it credible to them so well, that they know he couldn't back down? Public threats are always more credible. So sure, I think, but uh, I think that. But sometimes private ones work. And is the thinking that that's why he had? Because obviously, if they could have, uh, if he could have just made it privately, there are two possibilities. One is it never gets back to Republicans. That's probably unlikely. But the other, the other possibility is okay. It, the Republicans do find out what's going on, but at least because it's not a public threat, they don't feel like they've been publicly humiliated and that they have to start screaming about it, which is what they've wound up doing, right? Or they might feel that, you know, this is a hollow threat and when we call Biden's bluff, he's going to sign it. If the only thing on his desk is this hard bill that he's just negotiated, is he really going to veto it? I don't think so. Uh, so uh, they might they might think, well, or, or they might think, well, we can kick up a fuss later when it comes time to... Uh, you know, when when it, when, we, when it comes time to actually vote on the bill, if he actually tries to delay the vote to pass this other bill, then we can kick up a fuss. Then, but keep in mind, it's not if it's not just mentioned, he has to get the message to forty moderate Democrats in the House. Okay, the chances that it won't leak are very very slim. I suppose that's true. Uh, um, so, uh, but but again, it could be that leaking that the Republicans could live with the leaked version. They just don't want to be publicly humiliated the way they feel, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or if you, um, I don't know if humiliation is the word, but maybe it would be easier uh, for them to live in the knowledge that this is hanging over them if Biden hadn't uh, made a big deal of it. Um, I, I, I guess that's right. Um, uh, so what's going to happen now? Like, is the whole thing going to fall general, apart? Like In general, right I, w- I would not rule out incompetence. I mean, we... We don't know what's going on inside the Biden White House. There are five guys who are running it. Uh, and, you know, they're having a fight over this. And, you know, one of them, Biden, Biden is not maybe the world's most decisive person. So maybe he, he, he decides one way and then two hours <laughs> and, later. And that he may be a back. polite way of putting what some people would say the cognitive problem is here. But so I don't, would sense, you- I don't, I don't sense that he, I don't sense that he's, he's not capable of making the decision, but, you know, people oftentimes go back and forth. So I wouldn't necessarily agree to the the. Do you, do you think the Biden of ten years, if if you're right, and this is a mistake, do you think the Biden of ten years ago makes this mistake? Uh, I don't. I don't. I guess, and um, I, you know, he. I guess I don't. Because I only I see it happening, given how much he understands about the Senate, and that he does have a good pragmatic intelligence. 
I only see it happening if he's become hostage to warring advisors or, right. or you know, and that well, what, would not have happened 10 years ago. Right. It's, it's, it's a decision. It's a sort of back and forth that Trump would make because, and we knew oh, who the yeah. warring well, advisors that was a, were. Yeah. Oh, that and, White House Because Maggie Haberman told us, but there's no Maggie Haberman for this administration. So, uh, we don't know about the warring advisors. But yeah. Anyway, I, it seems, I think it's very embarrassing to Biden. Uh, you know, the mainstream media isn't going to let that story out. So you may be right in terms of, uh, the, so, the so is, is it going to fall apart like today? All of it or what? Yes. It is, you think? The whole thing. Well, Ryan, Bluey. Ryan Lizza, Ryan Lizza tweeted that about three hours ago that this whole thing may fall apart today. So Lizza is being the honest reporter here. Uh, all the Democrats are sort of rationalizing. Well, everybody knew they were linked. Yeah, but they didn't know he was going to make a, a veto threat. And, uh, you know, Lizza is pointing that out. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between going on two tracks where nobody knows what's going to happen and specifically making a veto threat and, and linking them. Uh, and, and, and Lizza, even though he's a liberal, is pointing that out to his credit. So. So uh, you predict Kablooey. That's the official Mickey prediction. No, I just think it might. I just. I would predict that it would be semi kablooey that they would uh they would have grave doubts and and let it hang over the weekend. But uh and by the they, way, why isn't there a Maggie Haberman for this administration? Just because they don't leak the way the Trump administration yes. leaked? They're not they're not covering their ass just in case the whole you know they want to post Trump. Well, if career. they have if they have that and, much you know, discipline, other, yeah. Jared was Jared was a huge leaker, so it's like you know the leaking came from the top. Hey, by the way, did you read that David Ignatius column suggesting that this whole, do you remember this whole thing in Jordan where the king arrested like his half, well, Quasi arrested his half brother and some yeah, other people? Vaguely, and, vaguely. David Ignatius wrote this column suggesting that, that, that this was a kind of budding coup and that it was, uh, instigated, if, as I read him, in part by Jared and Trump. I mean, it was like, it's a fascinating case. I mean, you have to read between the lines a little, but but Ignatius definitely has them playing a role. And it, it has to do with them wanting to get Saudi Arabia to sign on to the Abraham Accords. That And Saudi Arabia, I guess, would only do that if they gain some influence over, like, the control of the Al-Aqsa Mosque or something at the expense of Jordan and Jordan's king wouldn't play along and they thought, hmm, well, maybe if we had a different king. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, maybe I'm getting it a little wrong, but he's definitely suggesting that Trump and, and Kushner had something to do with this instability in Jordan. So, so Trump and Kushner were fomenting the instability. They weren't telling yeah. the king to arrest his brother. No, no. The idea is, as I read it, they uh, were behind the instability whose solution was the arrest of the brother. <laughs> so why didn't the king of Jordan then hate Trump and Kushner? Well, Maybe. He, he probably does. He can't say it out loud. Yeah. But didn't he have to go along with the Abraham Accords? Maybe not. Well, Jordan, um, I, I, Jordan didn't. I don't think Jordan signed on. I mean, Jordan already is fundamentally at peace with Israel, right? I mean, right, right. They, we'd already bought them off, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there, uh, there are a couple of other interesting developments. First, uh, uh, if they, a minor technical note, if they, if, if they, if, if what they negotiated for the hard infrastructure is the deal, 
can they then incorporate all sorts of things that they left on the table into the soft bill? In other words, they, they were going to finance that by corporate tax hikes, okay, uh, the Democrats. That didn't happen. So can Pelosi now use corporate tax hikes to finance the soft deal? There was a huge sure. – there was – well, we, I guess so. The, there was a huge uh, uh, part of the hard deal, bizarrely, was – uh, something was so important to them that they put it in the in the hard deal, which is uh, increasing the pay of in co- in home health care for the elderly, which is a huge boon to the unions uh, who do that, and it sort of it sort of steered America into in home health care of the elderly as opposed to nursing home care in facilities. And that was in the hard bill, and that wasn't in the final deal. So could Pelosi then incorporate that part, which obviously is very important, or else they wouldn't have included it, uh, into her soft deal? I think she can. So uh, she she can do whatever they want. Uh, So so let me be clear. Biden's anticipated sequencing is we pass hard infrastructure in a bipartisan way. Then I don't sign the bill. Then we immediately move to pass the other thing through reconciliation with Democrats only. Then I sign them both. Uh, well, then they have to go to the House and Pelosi would consider their, uh, uh, you know, then it does, if they wrote past the Senate, it doesn't matter what order she considers them in, but, um, uh, but he's got to, he's got to get the first one done so that the Republicans can't go back on it once they see what's in the human infrastructure. Well, they no. have to vote it again. The, the, the whole thing, if, if Pelosi makes any changes, they both have to vote for it again. So, uh, they both, they have a chance to regress. Um, the whole question, it all, it, it begs the question, I'm sure I'm misusing that. It begs the question of why did they have two separate bills if they're going to treat them as one bill? Why not just propose one big bill? Uh, it, it makes no sense other than that, you know, well, one- know that either they, they, they must have had some different strategy in mind. Or else they're incredibly Machiavellian. Well, one answer is Manchin insisted on being able to say he had been bipartisan. And you can only do that with the first bill. That's a good point. So it's all a, it's all a kabuki to let Manchin claim he's bipartisan. I can't believe even Manchin is that shallow. But oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal, but he is a politician. Um, uh, the, the thing, as you know, the thing I care about is is are these cash payments to build as child tax credits to non-working low-income parents, uh, which recreates the welfare system? Oh, I didn't right? realize you had an opinion on that part of it. But there've been there've been first if, if Pelosi takes that out of the bill, so if the moderates win in the House and that disappears from the bill, uh, there will be rejoicing uh, in Beverly Hills. I don't. I don't really care about the rest of the package. Sure, go right. ahead. Spend $2 trillion. So, you know, what happens within the package is, is just as important as whether the package gets voted up or down. Uh, second, there have been some developments in that, which is, uh, you know, Marco Rubio was, and, and Mike Lee were the, were the, the leaders, alleged leaders of, uh, of the, the movement against this tax credit. They wanted to raise the existing tax credit, which only goes to workers. But cut it off before it went to non-workers. Uh, but they'd been, they'd been awfully quiet about it. In fact, Lee gave a whole speech, uh, against it on the floor that never mentioned work. It was mm-hmm. totally bizarre. Um, uh, then Tom Cotton went on John Ellis's podcast 
and came out strongly against this provision, in, in, you know, saying it's like recreating welfare, it's a bad idea. Uh, and then a few days later, Rubio came out with a strong uh, statement, uh, which wasn't a contradictory statement. I mean, it was his position all along, but he hadn't exactly shouted it from the roof. So he, he was playing so the, Me Too with Tom Cotton, anticipating the I, presidential I, I election? I don't, I don't, I don't, th- th- that would be the speculation that he didn't want Cotton to steal the issue. But uh, what do I know? That's just circumstantial. Mm. The the point is that I love Rubio now. Rubio, <laughs> Rubio, as you know, I've always loved Marco Rubio. What a great guy! He um, he, but but he he did the thing he had to do, and if he keeps it up, that'd be great. And there was a uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth among the Niskanen Center. Hey, let's give cash to uh, non-working mothers crowd who who had sort of infiltrated Rubio and. But they seem to have lost. Mm-hmm. I don't want to gloat because victory is temporary. But um, and and even if Rubio comes out against it, they they need a Democrat. They need to convince Mansion, and and I don't think they've convinced Mansion. So uh, or Cinema or somebody not to go along with it. So um, but it's a it's a it's a development. It's a there is now actual Republican op- high voltage opposition uh, to this child tax credit. So you're program. happy. I'm happy about that. The bad news is the Republicans are going to have no say over whether it passes unless this whole thing goes kablooey, in which case – well, no. If it goes no, kablooey, they, they have it's, it's, it's reconciliation. If they, it, it, um, they, they have say on it. If, if any Republicans join the Democrats, then they're totally fucked. But um, if uh, – no, they have to convince a Democrat. But and like I say, the, the, it seems to me they have more chance convincing Democrats in the House than Manchin and Cinema. Uh, Manchester Cinema are two people who, who really need the Democratic Party at some point. Uh, moderates in the House, they're like 40 or 50 people they might appeal to. They only need five of them. Uh, you know, they're running for re-election every year. This could be used against them, uh, mm-hmm. in a race, uh, which, uh, I don't think Cinema faces a race this year. So, uh, you know, or Manchester for that matter. So, uh, they're, they have leverage over these moderates in the House that they don't in the Senate. But Rubio shouting it from the rooftops influences the House too, so that's that's where the that's where the effect would go. Now, do you think enough time has passed since this thing started to seem to fall apart? That by now the New York Times has a headline worth checking. Should I check? Sure, go ahead. It, it was still in Twitter mode when I last checked. It's got to say. It's got to say. Uh, Republicans. Oh, oh wait, Republicans Derek bought. Chauvin was sentenced to over twenty-two years. Uh, that's that's uh, that's breaking yeah. news. Yeah. Well. Um, that, that happened before we went on the air. Oh, did it? Well, anyway, no, it doesn't seem to. That's pretty. That's pretty pathetic. They've had time to do something. Uh, I, let's see if the Washington Post is uh, a little more on go, its toes here. Go to Ryan Liz's Twitter feed, but go to the Washington Post first. No, nah, I'm not. I, uh, Twitter's too distracting. So, um, um, what else is going on this well, week? So, any, uh, d- just to finish up, finish up the congressional part of it. There, there's this, there's this sense you get, you know, you want to see stories happening over the horizon. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the one that's developing is Democrats, it all falling apart for the Democrats. They realize, oh my God, we elected Biden, we had high hopes, but it's all falling apart. But we can't say that. It's way too early to say that, but keep an eye on that story. That's what you're hoping. The Democratic implosion. That's, that's what, that's I'm your not hope. Necessarily, no, I want infrastructure. I want everything. No, but, I just, but you would rather have nothing at all if that's the way you got, you know, the, your, your way on the, ta- on the child tax credit. 
Yes. You would re- so you're a nihilist. You're going on record as saying you're a nihilist. You'd Not rather nihilist. the universe implode. You would rather planet Earth blow up. It, the planet Earth doesn't blow up if we don't have an infrastructure. Package. No, I know, but just as a thought experiment, you would rather see the human species no. extinguished than to see the child tax credit passed. Am I? No, on right? balance, I would rather see the human species survive. Okay, so I have fairly paraphrased your position. Uh, but um, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want the long term development of a of a of a. Uh, socially dysfunctional underclass and and you know it's not going to be the socially dysfunctional underclass we uh mm-hmm. everybody was talking about in the 90s when Clinton reformed welfare it's going to be much much larger wait what so, about this uh, thought experiment no, I don't want that. what about this thought experiment suppose they don't do the child tax credit but they take the money they saved and use it to airlift central american Low-income Central Americans into America to take the jobs. They're already doing that. They're opening every door. They're going to eliminate. They, 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 they. It, it came out yesterday that they're going to eliminate this public health rule that allows them to keep, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out. Uh, they're going to get rid of that, and uh, and they're changing the grounds for asylum so that if you know if you claim that you're a victim of a culture of machismo, you can come in. So they're basically opening the the floodgates. So they, they, they you know, they, they they can't do anything more really. <laughs> That's an uh, interesting line. Doing. If you claim that you're a victim of the culture of machismo, um, but yeah, it's it's like divorce in Massachusetts. When I was a when I was a Tyro law student, this was the beginning and end of my legal career. I had an uncontested divorce, yeah. and I almost lost it because the divorce laws in Massachusetts were very retrograde at the time, and you had to prove. Physical harm. You couldn't just say, we don't like each other. We're getting divorced. You have to prove that one party physically beat the other. So, um, I put my client on the stand. I didn't ask her her name or anything. I just said, well, did he hit you? <laughs> like the judge said, counsel, you've forgotten to lay the groundwork for this. Wait, witness. you were in an actual uh, court of law practicing law? Yeah. I was, a, I was a, in the legal aid society. They That's scary. Students. It was very scary. Um, I'm, no, in a different way though. They let students do that. Um, but anyway, I was terrible at it. But the point is, you have to prove they hit you. But it was all a pretext. Everybody agreed that you know you, you pretended that somebody hit you to get in. So, so in order to say you, you have to be a victim of a culture of machismo and have suffered some physical fear. No, okay? I'm just no. I I, I seized on the phrase because I was wondering <clears throat> how much trouble it could get you into. Because it seems to me, I I mean, you could be that, taken as saying that that Latin American culture is a culture of male violence. No, but, but, well, first, the phrase is actually in the ruling. So. It's in what ruling? It's oh, in the in ruling the of an, of a, some sort of immigration judge setting, loosening the standards for asylum okay. that Sessions then overturned and then Biden is re-overturning it. And are you claiming that Latin America doesn't have a culture of machismo, Bob? I have no comments on anything's. Relevant to the border, except that Kamala is going there, so she'll probably straighten it out. Why don't we talk about the NCAA? Talk about court rulings. That's kind of interesting, right? I didn't follow that one. What's that about? Well, there's been this, you know, long-standing argument that that uh, college athletes get exploited because they go. These colleges make a ton of money. The big-time sports colleges make a ton of money on their like football and basketball programs, but. Conveniently, they're prohibited from actually paying the audi- the athletes who get the, 
you know, who, who are responsible for the big TV contracts and all the attendance and everything. And so there's been this argument that, no, you should pay these these guys like pros and the Supreme Court. Uh, well, what were the grounds? What was what 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 statute did the NCAA violate? What what, what grounds were? Yes, ob- obviously on the equities, the court is right. But what was the basis for? I, I think it might be an antitrust argument. Let me give you a quote from Brett Kavanaugh, which is actually pretty interesting. He wrote a concurring opinion, and he wrote, Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. What's interesting about that, I think he's right. Nobody makes that argument but the NCAA, but it may be an accurate characterization of the situation i mean there is a question uh, of whether the appeal of college sports persists once the illusion that these are like students is totally burst that's a very good point and my line is that brett cavanaugh never worked for the washington monthly because (laughs) uh uh, what does that mean he he paid i don't know when i when i went to work for them in 19 uh like 80, 78, he paid $8,400 a year, okay? Sure, but he didn't Even claim, but Mickey, he didn't claim that if he paid you more, people wouldn't want to read the magazine. That's what the well, NCAA is saying. I think, I think, I, I obviously, but I, part of, part of the appeal of the magazine, it was done as a labor of love by these young tyros. But doesn't, doesn't Kavanaugh's argument apply to the whole edifice of scholarship, which, which rests on exploiting the labor of junior untenured faculty and graduate students. No, and again, assistants. again, colleges, students don't go to Ivy League schools because they're under the illusion that these assistant professors are in it for the love of the game. Okay. They don't care you, how much you pay them. It's only okay. college sport. And, and it's a serious question because, I mean, I think, you know, the sophisticated sports viewer has long uh, abandoned the idea that these are just, you know, typical students who showed up and, hey, they kind of like football, so they thought they'd go out for the team and so on. At the same time... Sometimes that's true. It happens, but it doesn't happen that much at the big-time sp- uh, colleges. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, if it becomes known that somebody's, you know, this kid is making $800,000 a year. And by the way, the ruling does not open the way for that yet. It's an incremental ruling that that I think says that costs kind of directly related to going to school, uh, you know, uh, income needs that they have by virtue of going to school or something. There's a, in the near term, there's a cap on what this could lead to, as I understand it. But still, it, some people think it's the camel's nose under the tent. And if you... If you imagine, you know, these guys making a million, two million, it, there, part of the appeal of college sports is, right. has something to do with how different it, it right. is from pro sports. I agree. There's no doubt and, about and that. And if you go to a college game, it feels different and it's great. Mm-hmm. It feels, and, and, uh, I, I remember some of the championship UCLA teams had guys who, who functioned perfectly well on the team, like Fred Slaughter, the center, the center, and Keith Erickson, who was a good outside shooter, uh, they didn't really have much of a future in the NBA. They oh, were just, most don't. Yeah, they were, but they, but they, you know, so they were part of a championship, an NCAA championship team. So, um, right, it did have that flavor. Of there were some guys who were just along for the fun. Now, uh, part of that would persist because part of the appeal is like this is it for these guys, you know, like this is their senior year. It's now or never. That that is part of the drama of college sports, and that would persist. Uh, 
I mean, oddly, actually, you might see one thing that might flip. One thing you've seen more and more is the one and done thing in basketball, especially. These guys just go go there for their freshman year, and they're so good that they can go straight to the NBA, and the coaches know it. Well, why the would they do that if they can make a million dollars a year? That's what I'm saying. College? That's what I'm saying. This could change that and maybe lead uh, the superstars to hang around a little longer. Or, Although, if they're true or, superstars, they can probably always or, make money. Or they may, all, the they may just all say, fuck it. Now it's just a matter of money. I don't want to. Yeah. This education thing is a fraud. And they all go right to the NBA, but of course they all can't get into the NBA. But, but, so the college has just become a minor league sort of thing. But one question is, is exploitation a fair word to apply to what happens now? I, I think with some of them, it is. I mean, especially when the athletic programs are kind of complicit in abandoning any pretense of them getting an education. You know, they steer them to these courses where they know that the professors are football fans and will will let them never show up to, to class and stuff. And, um, you know, that Not doesn't Mike. seem cool. Was it Mike Lee? The guard, the guard on the Bill Walton championship team who fed Walton all those balls that he dunked. At UCLA? Was, was actually a top poli-sci student. Hmm. You know who played, you know who played basketball at UCLA supposedly? Dennis Ross. Dennis Ross. The Middle East guy. He was a U.S. Really? negotiator in the Middle East for a long time. Supposedly, it's hard it to pin down on the, on the uh, internet, but there, uh, it is said. It is hard said. Hard to believe he's, it, that, well, this could be verified. It's hard to believe he started. It is hard to started. believe, although those were different days. I mean, you remember the New York Knicks of 1970? How many of those guys could play today? Different times. The, the Bruins at the time that Dennis Ross grew up were pretty good. Starting in 65, they were pretty good. Well, that was Alcindor, or as no, he later no, came to call no. him, Kareem. The, well, you're so wrong. Kareem was late the, 60s. It started with the fast break teams uh, when there was a cover of Sports Illustrated with Art Heyman leads the route of the big man. The route of the big man. The big men were losing... Because UCLA had pioneered this fast break, two minute explosion offense that, uh, that basically won games even if you had all small men. Okay. Then they got so good that they managed to attract Alcindor. And then that was the end of the fast break. Then hmm. they had a big man offense, but they had three or four championship years or near championship years just on the fast break small man offense. And that was a John Wooden team. That was a John Wooden team. Yeah. It was well, incredibly exciting. That was the, those were the years when I, when I played basketball, Bob. Did you play in high and school? I played JV. I didn't make the varsity, but, uh, but we played the fast break, John. We were all imitating John Wooden. It's a great way to play basketball. I, 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 I lament the fact that it, it, it has disappeared. You know who later played at the high school where I played as a freshman? I've told you this, but do you remember? Trivia test. Shaquille O'Neal. Correct. Really? I got that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What high school was that? Robert G. Cole High School in uh, Fort Sam Houston. We're both Army brats. I was only there as a freshman. I did play JV ball. And as I later put it to him, and I swear this is an actual true fact, I later said to Shaq, in person, so I paved the way for you. And he, he grunted or something in response, right? A grunt would, that would be a charitable characterization of his degree of interest in what I was saying at the time. I encountered him in a hotel lobby in Chicago. Yeah. 
Um, turns out, turns out he's not as fascinated by intertwi- our intertwined histories as I am. So, um, what else is going okay. on in the world? Um, there was a mayoral election in New York that we're not going to find out who won until January, until July. And I don't quite, you know, it was done by ranked choice voting. Mm-hmm. Where, and and this has to be the the the. This has to be the test case that like soured people on ranked choice voting, because I mean people the press doesn't know what to do. You know, it's it, it's it's rendered worse by New York's crazy laws, where first they have to wait ten days for all the absentee ballots to come in, mm-hmm. so they can't even like eliminate any candidates for ten days, right? And then and then there's this laborious process where they count and recount, and you know the 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 whole the whole system is designed to elect someone. Somebody like Garcia, who is sort of like this everybody's second choice, and she won Manhattan, but she lost the lost the popular plurality to to this uh, ex cop, and uh, but everybody has to pretend that the ex cop is ahead when he might not be ahead. Who knows? Uh, and and you know there is, as you know, is it common knowledge that there is no? It's been proven mathematically that there is no accurate way to vote. Everybody knows that, right? Wait, what? There's no accurate way to vote? Yeah, there's a, an economist named, a Nobel winning economist named Kenneth Arrow wrote a little paper called The Uncertainty on the Uncertainty Hypothesis, where he proved that there's no actual way to aggregate votes so that it actually, every system has flaws. There's no perfect system. Well, I'm not sure how you would and, define the ideal that they fall short of, but well, anyway. he did. Okay. With rigor, I'm sure, although I forget what it was. Okay. But, um, the, uh, Anyway, the, um, with ranked choice voting, the problem is that somebody could be everybody's number two. Okay. On every ballot, uh, everybody points, puts Robert Wright as number two. You're the first to be eliminated, even though you really should be the mayor of New York because you didn't win any, you didn't win any votes. So mm-hmm. you get, you get, so there are a couple of states, a couple of jurisdictions that have eliminated ranked choice voting precisely because they had this problem. So I, I just this whole thing seems to me like an edifice ready to collapse. But now is is ranked choice voting uh the thing that our our friend uh the great Rick yes. Hertzberg has been obsessed with for most of his life? Correct. Although there's also approval voting he may have been which is slightly different. You say is Bob Wright acceptable or not? Um well, rank- I, I don't. I don't know all the intricacies, but yes, I believe that's RCV true. was supposed to solve some problem afflicting America or, or or Democrats or something, but I now forget what the problem was. What, what <laughs> problem is it supposed to solve? Do you know? Uh I guess it solves the problem of. Uh, I mean, it, it avoids a runoff for one it, thing. You know, a, a, guy, a guy winning the mayoralty with twenty six percent of the vote when there's a much more widely acceptable candidate who gets twenty five percent of the vote. I mean, it solves that problem, but um. The, 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 the point Glenn Greenwald made is, is very important here, which is, you know, everybody's distrustful of elections. Okay. Well, one way to eliminate distrust is to give the results quickly. So there's no time to finagle them and massage them. Okay. This is the opposite. It's giving people a month to, 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 if you're paranoid to fuck around with, with, yeah. with the totals. I mean, that's so not it's quite, insane. That's not quite insane. inherent in the system. I, I mean, you know, they could, uh, in, with ordinary elections, choose to wait for all the absentee votes to come in before they show you anything, which is what they're doing here. I, I mean, it's true that the reason I think they're doing it here is because in principle, 
you could have more dramatic last-minute reversals by after you count the absentee votes than you can have with conventional right. voting, right? It's like right. when you're when you're but, adding conventional votes, everything you're saying you know to be true and solid. At least this many people have voted for this candidate. At least this many people have voted right. for this candidate. With ranked choice, that's not maybe so you're right. True. It's it's really the absentee thing that's screwing everything up. That, they, oh, if, totally. If, uh, if the computers were, could, could, could give computers us Computers could do, us, could, could do computers it right now. Computers could do easily. this in 10 minutes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, you could just, uh, it's really not necessary. They could give us provisional results and everybody understands that maybe if it's close enough, they could, you could see a wild swing, um, you know, with absentee ballots. But, but, you know, that's always the case. It, it, even with a regular election, it could be so close. That yeah, absentee that's... votes will flip it. Uh, maybe, so I don't, I don't quite see why they don't right. just okay, gratify well, us and give us the damn results today. That's a very good point. Uh, the second good point you've made today. What was the first? We're both too old to remember, but I'll the take point your about, word for it. The point about how college basketball will lose its allure once. Oh, that's student... not, that's not very profound. Believe me. I, I don't think that's original. It took me a while to grok it. So what the hell? That's my definition of profundity. <laughs> Okay. Um, the, um, uh, what else we got? We got, uh, Eric Garland, not Eric Garland. Merrick Garland hilariously was denounced by Jennifer Rubin as not the man for the job after she said he was, was the man for a job because he wasn't bringing, uh, voting rights cases. And then he brought a voting rights case today, uh, against Georgia. And it's, uh, you know, he's he's charging the, the Georgia changes, which are not much. I mean, you know, ID requirements for absentee ballots, fewer fewer drop boxes. Uh, the, so these the, are changes in Georgia state legislation, right? That's okay. passed, and he's saying it's unconstitutional. And he's he's saying, wait, he's opining that? I mean, he's just no. The he AG. filed a lawsuit. He filed a lawsuit. Okay, okay. Uh, if, but it, it, he filed a lawsuit saying that they have an intent to discriminate to suppress the vote of black. I, 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 I'm always hostile to intent tests because you could have an intent, you know, the, I, you know, you may, you could support driver's license laws because you thought it was going to hurt blacks. Okay. You, you, who knows what crazy racists think? Okay. That shouldn't invalidate driver's license laws if there's a valid purpose. So, uh, I, I just don't think intent should be part of it. On the other hand, uh, Effect shouldn't be part of it either. It should be some, some weighing of the purpose versus the effect. And they had to file the it on intent because there's a, basically there's a court case before the Supreme Court right now that may throw out the, uh, say you can't file it on the basis of effect, of effect or restrict it. Mm -hmm. So it's all very complicated. If you read Rick Hazen's blog, you will be up to date on why why he filed it on the basis of intent, bogus as that seems to me. I mean, every it only seems bogus to me. Everybody else says, well, if they meant to discriminate against blacks, then it should be thrown out. No, you have to look at what the law did, not what they intended to do. They could be idiots. Uh, so you could impose a perfectly reasonable uh, ID requirement, and if you, it shouldn't be struck down just because somebody intended it, you know, some, some asshole intended it to hurt blacks. I mean. And how would so, you prove that anyway? So this will be decided in the courts. And meanwhile, the uh, federal voting rights legislation, which at this point is what 
if anything could could lead to filibuster reform, this would be it, right? No, because uh, that's what the Democrats thought it would, but uh, they're trying to gin up outrage over the Republicans' failure to 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 you know Repu- Republican filibustering this bill. There's no outrage. It was a one day story. No, but and, I thought I thought outrage, that the outrage has not materialized. Right. No, I thought the plan was now to come up with a more modest bill that Joe Manchin could get behind big time. And so he would be willing to help them with filibuster reform. That's that's now dead. He, no, that's not dead. That's their plan. But the the emotional charge that was supposed to be behind it just doesn't seem to be there. Uh, so any you of know, the Democrats, it didn't help that the Democrats flipped on voter ID, saying, "Okay, now voter ID is okay." Of course, the next day, Merrick Garland files a suit attacking Georgia for imposing voter ID. So he's sort of out of step with the rest of his party. I just don't, you know, the Democrats have a fallback and that's it. I just don't see the oomph behind it that's going to lead, even if, you know, they get Manchin's vote, that it's going to lead Manchin Cinema and the three or four other senators who secretly hate getting rid of the filibuster, going to lead them to change their minds. But they might, you know, they, 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 you know, one of those is Mark Kelly, a senator from Arizona, who was caught on a call with donors saying, yeah, maybe we'll have some restrictions on the filibuster, you know, require them to go and talk, you know, require a talking filibuster. So that that sort of thing might happen. Uh, but I just don't I think I think that Democratic plan is fizzled. I've been wrong before. True. The, uh, but uh, but that's that. Uh, so what we, do you think? We, yeah. Go, we could talk about. uh Critical race theory again, although I'm woefully CRT, baby. What's what's the news on CRT? Well, I mean, here's my question. I have a question about CRT. Does does the amount of time conservatives spend talking about it at this point bear any relationship to how much CRT teaching is actually going on? In other words, like suppose you magically got like. Uh, in, in colleges and high schools and prep schools, wherever else, maybe it's it's being in some sense taught. Suppose the amount of teaching were reduced overnight by like ninety five percent. Would that? Uh, I mean, wouldn't the cons- conservatives keep going on about it? It like the, well, they're yes. just invested in it, right? Yeah, we've. I guess if you want to summarize the developments, it obviously is an incredible fundraiser for conservatives and right. polls incredibly well. Because they keep hitting it hard. So that's going to happen. Uh, and I think um, there's a backlash against trying to regulate it on, because it, it tends to violate free speech and academic freedom. And you're supposed to be open to all points of view. So why can't you be open to critical race theory? Uh, that guy, Thomas Chatterton. Williams. Williams. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, uh, is very strong on that point. He's no friend of critical race theory, but. He, he he's opposes these attempts to regulate it. And yes, but I think it was spreading like wildfire. And unless somebody opposes it, it's going to keep spreading like wildfire. I mean, the analogy is to critical legal studies, which was considered sort of a crazy, crazy legal offshoot, but has now infiltrated most law schools. And as everybody seems to agree, they've contributed. Uh, some of my best friends are crits, but A, that's graduate school, not elementary school. What is, what is critical and, legal theory hold? Oh, it's sort of a, the answer is I don't quite know, but it's, uh, it's sort of like, oh, the law is a fraud. Uh, 
it basically is imposing rules that enable the ruling class to say the ruling class. Well, um, which 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 I'm open to. Yes. So, um, <laughs> uh, so what did you think the law was for? <laughs> no, that's right. But um, but anyway, um, uh, but that's not Derek Bell, right? Derek Bell, although a lawyer, is CRT, but not CLT. He may be CLT too, but he's CRT. He's, he's one of the founding CRT. It's weird. My, the, for our next project, uh, our, our last project was watching the movie Network, which I've now done, so we can talk which about we will that talk in the parrot about room. in the parrot room. But but Matt Iglesias says that there's a brilliant, I think, short science fiction story by Derek Bell hmm. that encapsulates what's good about CRT. So we should read that. Wow. I don't it's know. Called, Reading seems like called, pretty pretty tough duty. It's what? called Space Traders. Watching Network was tough duty, man. Don't get me started. But uh, <laughs> Space Traders, uh, it's called Space Traders, I think. Space, T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S or T-R-A-D-E-R-S? Space Traders. I'll find it for you anyway. Well, you know, Glenn Lowry has- Especially if it's a short, short story. Glenn Lowry provided a somewhat charitable characterization of- Derek Bell's, uh, I think it was in his conversation with James Lindsay when he was arguing that, you know, I mean, of course, he's not disposed to like CRT, but he, 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 he said, you know, you put yourself in Derek Bell's shoes and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I, space traders. I, I started to read, I started to listen to his conversation with Charles Murray. Oh, wait, is which, that up already? Oh, yeah. It's been up for a couple of days. Um, in the, and, uh, behind his paywall, or I, I mean, they, they spend time behind his paywall before they go public. Oh, I I, I didn't I spend any time behind the paywall. I don't think it's public yet. I think it's about to go public. I just looked at it this morning. What are you talking about? Oh, and you're I'm not, not you're not a, a paying patron. No, oh, it's on you know what? Heads. You know what? Uh, yeah, but it, that may if it was on YouTube. Did you see it on YouTube? Yeah, they were like it's, two long excerpts each, about fifteen right. minutes. So those are the excerpts. The whole conversation. So uh, what is more not do I yet. want to watch? Uh, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, but many I mean, people pay. The first question was, so Charles, do you think blacks are inferior? That seemed to get right to the point. Glenn <laughs> doesn't beat around the bush. So, uh, it seemed like a really valuable conversation, but even on fast forward, I didn't finish it in time. So we should talk Ooh, about it at some point. Major, major diss from Mickey. Major well, no, Charles I, Murray diss. No, I only started. No, I would have gladly listened to it. Oh, I only I started five minutes before and it was a 10 minute thing. I so. see. I see. Um, but, so, but we should we should for the future we should definitely talk about that. I will listen to that, that seemed very at important. some point. So um, what about this Britney Spears thing? Well, in the contrarian point of view, which nobody dares state, but it's an obvious possibility, is that she's batshit crazy, uh, and everybody's treating her as well. How could she do her job performing if she was batshit crazy? And the answer is, of course she could. But um. Does she perform uh, ably? Is she still out there she on the her, concert she, Yeah, she has a residency in Las Vegas, I think. So how bad could she be? A residency? Uh, Meaning she's well, at a particular club and plays? Every particular... fucking day or every fucking week or something, yeah. so At a casino think, or something. Well, the clubs and casinos are next Casino. door to each other. Right. So, yeah. The, um, uh, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, obviously I'm sympathetic to where it looks like she's being ruthlessly exploited. By a, a variety of people, but how did it get to this stage where this was? Well, she happened? obviously had, you know, an out of control period. I think we all remember the uh, the tabloid stuff, and and uh, but I but, actually don't. I actually don't remember that. I remember 
her marrying oh. this guy Kevin Federline, and that's all I, I tuned out after that. Well, I, I couldn't have even remembered that name, but I remember uh, vaguely remember a tabloid phase. But the um, but still, conservatorship, when you think about it, is a pretty weird institution. The idea that somebody her age, some judge says, "Sorry, you don't get to control your assets." And your father does. And it's like, why my father? I mean, you know, they, they were, they were, uh, virtually estranged, I think. You know, what, what's so magic about the relationship of a father to a daughter he's not even on speaking terms right. with that he gets to control everything? That seems kind of weird. All right. Lindsay Lohan, you're next. Well, it, it was very Lindsay Lohan-ish, her, the, the, the Britney dissolution phase. Yes. Yeah. I almost get them mixed up. Maybe I am getting them mixed up, but I don't think so. The, um, but, um, but no, seriously, I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Some judge can say, you know, I don't know. I mean, it better, there better be, you know, pretty undeniable, uh, evidence of her out of controlness. And I'm not sure there is anymore. Right. Um, uh, no, I, so I'm, on, I'm think... on team Lindsay, man. I'm on, I mean, I'm on team Brittany. Uh, so am I. I just think that uh, if she were crazy, the press is so much on her team that it would destroy the story. They wouldn't. Oh, is the press clearly on her team? Well, I think so, but it may okay. just be because the facts are on her side. Um, well, then I'm on team dad. I might make, put me back, put me on team dad. <laughs> I'm for ruthlessly exploitative, uh, you know, show business parents. Um, the, um, uh, there's, a couple of Ron DeSantis, you know, DeSantis is obviously the heir apparent at the moment to Trump. I mean, if, of the Trumpists. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm glad Rubio did his thing, you know, and he's a very talented politician. He may get somewhere, but it won't be by adopting the mantle of the Trumpists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, DeSantis is the guy who could steal them and expand them. Uh, and he actually won a straw poll against Trump, which is going to has to send Trump. Ooh. Into the, into orbit in terms of resentment. Uh, so, uh. And Trump won't be able to control himself on that, right? I mean, we will be hearing from Trump about DeSantis. Right. Well, and, and, and this is a point that somebody made, uh, I forget who, about, about the reconciliation bill. He's not going to stay out of that either. Okay. He may wade in and say, this is a terrible bill. Mitch McConnell, you should, you know, all these Republican senators should be ashamed. And then, and then it could fall apart for that reason, or he could say, "I'm for it." I mean, he, you know, he's an he's a ninth planet out there, you know, exerting gravitational and, force. And he and is now emerging from hibernation, right? He's about right. to start giving more and more talks and everything. I mean, we're about to. Well, start he's been trying, from- but he hasn't made that much impact. But yes, uh, we think that's going to happen. Uh, so we would like to we would like to push him out of our consciousness, but he's still there. Uh, and at the scene of. At, at the scene of, uh, at the end of Network, this movie, which we'll talk about in the parrot room, there's a scene where they just, they say, what do we have, what do we do about this guy, Howard Beale? We'd really like to get rid of him. No plot spoilers. And, and you can imagine, you can imagine that same conversation happening in the Republican Party. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you can't imagine the same solution, I think. We can agree. Uh, you can imagine it, but let's hope it doesn't happen. I think that? it's safe to say you can't imagine it happening the way it happened. Anyway. No, you can't um, imagine it happening the way it happened. You can imagine it happening. Yeah, but not it being decided upon at the and at a meeting at, at the, you know, the RNC. Correct. Correct. Um, the, uh, so Delta Plus, 
not not an airline thing. Delta Plus. The, oh, have you have you not heard about Delta Plus? Maybe you haven't. You no, know the Delta, Delta, Delta variant of the virus. Now yeah. India tells us there's a second. There's a Delta Plus. It's a variant of the variant in and India. It's more contagious or more deadly. No, they have not determined that it's uh, worse in any way yet. But it's new. Just giving you a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm in, I got to say I'm enjoying. The, I mean, here where I am, the pandemic is a being treated more or less as it's over. Not quite, but but it's things are feeling pretty free here. I still feel I have to wear a mask when I go into a business. You know, and I feel I, slightly guilty wearing a mask even walking outside. You guilty wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? Not wearing a mask, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh the um Yes, yeah, so uh no, things are and, and people have sort of forgotten the pandemic bizarrely. Uh, quite quickly. Yeah. Where did, where, like, where did that year go? Oh, well. there, there are these weird residues of it, though. Like, um, I, uh, so y- this health club that I am now going to, it's not where I was swimming before the pandemic, but, right. uh, they still, a pandemic measure they instituted when they reopened probably a couple of months ago is like no towel service. Right. That doesn't really make sense, right? I, I mean, surface transmission, I thought, was discounted pretty decisively some time ago, right? Right, and you're going to have to dry off sometime, so I guess you have to bring your own towel now. You bring your own we'll... towel, and it's true that, look, you can't you can't catch it from yourself, so you bring your towel, you put it back in your backpack, there's no risk. It's just like, how much risk would there be if there were a bunch of towels there and you grabbed one right, and, and then, then they threw it in a yeah. dispenser? Yeah. That yeah. would be yeah. okay with me. Yeah. yeah. Um Yes, there's a lot. There's probably going to be a lot of money saving going on for that reason. Oh, that, that, this will change soon. That, that, uh, that, people, people are too unhappy about it. What, one thing I wonder if it'll change is you. You know, you talk to a restaurant manager, which I did uh, this past week, and he says in West Hollywood, which is the boys town area of Los Angeles, um, very gay, and uh, it's a separate city, and uh, he says he can't attract people to work at his restaurant even for $19 an hour and he asks them and he, and they say well they're sick of restaurant work they want to pursue new careers different types of careers and that where are these new careers and at what point do they realize that you know if they can make a living at these new careers great that's that's a huge opening of society but they they couldn't make a living at them before you know they were, they wanted to be actors and they well, they've still got unemployment insurance. They need a and meanwhile, job. hope hope springs eternal. I mean, they're 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 getting well, the, that's unemployment the point. When the unemployment hoping, insurance expires, are they going to come back to New York? Are they going to have a harsh reckoning? Are there really are there really sort of whole new careers that they could open up that they could pursue that they didn't realize existed before the pandemic? It's hard to believe. I mean, wait, waitering at ninety nineteen dollars an hour is a pretty good day job. Not isn't bad. It? I mean, easy for me and you to say. Wait, what, being a waiter? Plus tips? Yeah. Or maybe, oh, yeah. A, di- or maybe a dishwasher, but still, okay, $19 well, an different. hour is, is you know. Washing dishes left. gets old. I don't know how much of it you've done, but uh, there's a there's Well, a this point. restaurant has a super duper automatic dishwasher that does all yeah, the work well, you. still whatever you're doing it's it would get old now speaking of the pandemic did you see that brett weinstein is uh flirting with uh vaccine trutherism no i saw that eric weinstein thinks that after mcafee was uh 
somehow die that they're after him next. They think he was assassinated. Wait, they're uh, after Eric? They're after who? Eric Eric thinks McAfee was assassinated and that, that he might be next. That Eric might be next? Yes. And 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 on because I just saw this on Twitter right before we went on the air. So it could be libelous, but people were saying, Oh, that's just Eric. Well, uh, I, I want to talk about the Weinsteins in the parrot room. I think it's time we had a good, long discussion about Brett and Eric, Mickey. But I don't know them that well. I know Brett a little, and I would like to have a good, okay. long discussion about it. Now, I've, I will I've, say, I've... Brett deleted his his oddest tweet. But, we'll t- but, but, but he's still – and look, I don't want to totally dismiss his concerns – uh, and, and by the way, I, uh, some commenters on Twitter said that Eric is also, uh, making anti-vax noises, but I, I can't vouch for that. Um, but Brad is, is, uh, expressing deep concern about the, impl- about the possible health hazards of vaccines. Well, a lot of people are. I mean, they're, they're saying, A, that looks like you can get it even though you've been vaxxed. And B, oh, no, this isn't th- that. This is, this is, uh. Side effects? Yeah, I, I mean, here's the here's the tweet he deleted. I'll just leave you with this. It, it says, for months I've asked roughly everyone, I mean, the, 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 the approximate sign before everyone. For, for months I've asked almost everyone I talked to if they're vaccinated and what their experience was. Nearly all had scary symptoms, some terrifying. First of all, that's weird. I, I, I haven't heard of anyone who reported anything beyond what they said the predictable or po- possible side effects were. Oh, I know people, and 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 I had you know I had aches in my joints that are a little worse than the, than I expected. I expected joint aches at the. Uh, but are they gone? Know, no, they're still there. It's like it's like you know it, it happened five so, days after five days after I was back, so it could be disconnected. Exactly, it's, it's pain I hadn't felt before, and maybe it triggered the onset of arthritis or something. I don't know. But see, this but is what I, I you know I'm not saying that it wasn't worth taking the vaccine. I'm just saying that it's a. Uh, this is one is thing. A side effect. This is one thing that that uh, that goes on is, you know, if you think there may be these dramatic adverse effects, you're really focused in the week or so after, and you're paying a lot of attention to how your body's feeling, and you know how hypochondriacs are. I mean, you certainly know how hypochondriacs are, um, how sensitive they can be in in imagining symptoms and stuff, I, and so I think you just have to discount well, a little. I, I, of this. Sure, but, but, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm not paying attention to it now, but there, I've been paying, I have pain now sitting here. You know, I noticed on the last podcast, I was sort of moving around with Megan in, in a sort of disconcerting fashion. This was in well, the parrot room. That was because of, okay. uh, joint pain? That's because I have a pain in my hip joint. Yeah. And I'm trying to take pressure off it. See, but, but you're right. It could be a coincidence. It could be. You know, it's entirely I possible. suspect, I would suspect it is. Anyway, the rest of his tweet was, after he says this, he says nearly all had scary symptoms, some terrifying. The uh, uh, he says, question Q. So how could anyone doubt there is a huge adverse event signal? Uh, whatever. And then he says, answer. Most aren't talking unless asked. That seems weird. Why wouldn't people talk? You're talking about it. Why would I don't know. I, I brought it up with people and they say, oh, you're just an ideological right winger. I said, no, no, I'm just, I, I'm for the vaccine. I'm just reporting what happened to me. Hmm. And, and so you get shit for that. Yeah. So, so anyway, he deletes this. Let's talk about the Weinsteins in the uh, parrot room. Um, there's, it looks like Justice Breyer is not going to retire. 
And uh, how, wait, Josh, how do we know that? Well, it, 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 I, I saw somebody say this was the conventional wisdom, and Josh Gerstein's piece in Politico on the recent court decisions gave a pretty good reason why not, which is Breyer's supposedly engine, engineering these shifting coalitions on the new court. So then instead of the conservatives like writing the maximum conservative opinion on like Obamacare and religious discrimination, it came out with Justice Roberts winning with the sort of the conservative side still won, but it was it had no real preferential value. They said, oh, you have no standing to challenge Obamacare. It didn't say Obamacare would be unconstitutional if you did have standing. It just said you have no standing. And it said, oh, you're, you just hate the Catholics. It's not a broad rule that you have to provide uh, funding for, uh, you know, charities that won't perform abortion. There was like a pattern that you just hated the Catholics. So it's a specific case. And Breyer supposedly engineered this all. So he obviously thinks he's playing a constructive role. And it's true that it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. hard to imagine a newbie import of like, you know, the, 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 the 35 year old, uh, left wing black woman law professor that Biden wants to appoint immediately engineering all these, this, this vote trading and this politicking the way Breyer can. So he may rationally think he has to at least another year of productive labor in the liberal vineyard before anybody should ask him to retire. Of course, then it might be too late. Ha ha. He's got, he's got to go, man. Um, so we've got to go. This has been, we've been at this more than an hour. Okay. Um, what, 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 name things you were going to talk about. We can talk about them in the parrot room. By the way, no, speak- okay. Well, we're through all my non-parrot room topics. Okay. So what are we going to talk? Uh, the parrot room, I- by the way, is it patreon.com slash parrot room? Did we, did we talk about Lynn Manuel Miranda last time? You mean the, uh, in the Heights? Yeah. Yeah. He's getting blowback, uh, from the left. Right. Did we talk about that? I think we, can no, talk we didn't. About that I don't think we, room. no, I, I don't think we did. I don't think we've talked about it at all. So did Lynn- we talk about, do you talk about Hunter Biden? There's, I have another uh, visual. I aid. believe we talk about him every time you and I speak. I, but well, I'm always, I can't get enough of him. There's an incident, Bob. You're not looking at your screen. There's an uh, incident with a visual aid. M and M's. M and M's involving M and M's and Hunter Biden. And where did he put those M and M's, Bob? Oh you don't God, know, do you? I don't think I want to know. It's almost your worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> the uh, we can talk about the movie Network. Yeah, Hunter, I'm writing this down, Hunter, M&M's, where, question mark, <laughs> uh, network, why, question mark, um, John McAfee, ear, wait, can we work John McAfee, who committed suicide in prison, allegedly, into a grand unified theory with Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, speaking of grand unified theories, I want to talk about Einstein. Okay. Um, I've been listening to the uh, Walter Isaacson biography. I want okay. to unveil my Wimbledon challenge, which is only for me. Nobody else has to participate in it. Um, um and uh, uh, oh, I didn't talk about the uh, the U.S. government taking down all these Iran-linked websites. Yeah, I, I have mentioned a, that. I have a perverse perverse theory about. Uh, Ramesh Panuru ascending to the editorship of National Review. Okay, Ramesh. Don't leave it in the locker room. We could talk about the new Gossip Girl, white people wrestling with their prison. 
privilege, Bob. Haven't heard. Haven't heard about that. What? What could White be more people exciting? Wrestling. With uh, privilege. And that's all I got for that. But that's enough. I think we. I think we mentioned last oh. week. Yeah. Nicole Hannah Jones demanding tenure. N H J T. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Oh, that's plenty to talk about, I guess, and we'll find other things. I mean, um, the, uh, I think I already talked about the fact that the guy who coined the term the fundamental attribution error, uh, had his obit in the New York Times. Finally, he died a month ago, but. Oh, I have a point to make about that. About that or about the piece I wrote about it in the non-zero newsletter? Well, both. I read that piece. Okay. And, okay. uh, but, uh, but uh, it relates to the Merrick Garden lawsuit, but we can talk about that in the paragraph. Attribution error merit. Okay. MMG. Um, um, okay. So that's a lot. So that's at patreon.com slash parrot room where people can go to support. Right. Finer journalism. And if you want this parrot to live. You want this parrot to live. You'll subscribe to the parrot room. Or if you want to. Or if you want to pay for a new parrot after that one is executed. Um, so rate and review the right show. Smash the like button. Uh, follow Mickey on Twitter accounts. Mickey, me, Robert Ryder. Mickey's newsletter, Cal's Files. Mine, non-zero. I don't know. What else is there to plug? That's it. Uh, we had Megan Dalmont as our mystery guest oh, last yeah. week. Yeah, we should unveil. She was great. Our, our mystery guest was Megan Dalmont. She was great. Uh... uh she and was, um, she was just like one of the guys, Mickey. Well, that was the idea. She can talk about anything. So, um, right. So, and then there's her brand, Nuanced AF, the mug that Mickey is holding on. Her blog, now. her her podcast is called the Unspeakable Podcast. So, thank thank her for coming. Oh, on. that's another thing we could talk she, about is uh, may, some of this may have to wait for next week. But you know, uh, some commenter I think nominated as the next Trump, and I think they wanted to see what you would think of this. You know, the guy. Who is Crystal Ball's co-host on what used to be The Rising, but now that they left the hill is called something Now it's something like the else. number one rated podcast in America. Yeah, yeah. His name is Sagar something or something. Yeah, something. I can't, I can't pronounce it, which is a problem, but, um, anyway, I haven't bothered to figure out how to pronounce it. But, he, um, he is, somebody thinks he, he is a Trumpist to your liking. So I think I'm, he is. I'm writing this down. Is, but, um, also they, they interviewed Joe Rogan and I listened to that. <laughs> And maybe it's I'll wor- talk about that. It's worth subscribing to the Parrot Room just to see Megan's uh, eye roll every time I bring up a subject. You know, she basically rolls with all the punches, but before she rolls with the punches, she she has a little eye dart. And don't think I didn't notice. I thought implies, I was doing the eye rolling. No, which you you're you're rolling, but she darts. She sort of uh, says, "Oh my god, I have to respond to this with her eyes." And then she responds. I think you're hilarious. misreading her. I think you're misreading her. I, it's I, hilarious. I think, I think if she did that, it would have been in response to me. It was, it was, there's a, there was a no, subtle no. two against one dynamic where you and Megan were on the same team. You're I don't like, know if you noticed that. You're so paranoid. I, I didn't notice that. I know you didn't because you're so They're busy all being paranoid. They're ganging up on me, yourself. Bob. Me. They're ganging up on me. This is what I mean. Okay. Um, okay. So we will see people in the pair room. Great. See you there. Okay. <laughs>